Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're thrilled to be here. Happy New Year to our listeners all around the world. It is Wednesday, January 9, 2019. I hope you changed the number on your checks if you still use them. Let's see what our prediction special is going to start with today. We have a buzz from Carl K. Steinke, Danish politician, 1948. My quote investigator tells me he is the true author of the following quote. Listen up. It is difficult to make predictions, especially about the future. Well, okay, Carl, thank you for those words of wisdom. So if your number one business wish over the holidays and now here in January, starting a new year, is you want to know what does 2019 hold for your company, your industry, your career, the world, we've got the next best thing. We started in the middle of December. We're finishing toward the end of January. We've got six weeks of predictions and we've got a lineup of nearly 80, that's eight zero thought leaders who are sharing their insights about the technologies, the strategies, the trends that can help your company and perhaps you personally grow and compete if you're in business in 2019 and beyond. So whatever you've got left over from the holidays, maybe it's a little dumb, but if you're just drinking Joe or Earl, that's Earl Gray, our good friend, join us for the next hour for SAP Game Changers Radio 2019 Predictions Part 4 Live. Happy to be here. I am I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I'm going to introduce you to my first three panelists. We have four segments today. We've got a whole bunch of people waiting on the line to share what they think is going to happen. So let me tell you who they are. Starting off in just a moment, you'll be hearing from Perry Van Beek. He's a pioneer in social selling with LinkedIn. He founded a company called Social.1ONE, and he's been assisting companies around the world with LinkedIn lead generation, marketing, and social selling. His new book is LinkedIn Sales Navigator for for dummies. Joining Perry Van Beek on this part of the show is Tiago Bala from Deloitte Consulting. And a shout out to Carla Neal, one of our good friends at Deloitte. Uh, Tiago is a senior manager, experienced leader with over 20 years of business and consulting experience. And rounding out this section is Nicholas Whittall, managing director within Accenture Strategy Technology. I'm sorry, Strategy Talent and Organization. He leads Accenture's future workforce practice globally. So there's the word future future in there. Gentlemen, welcome, and let's hit the ground running. Perry Van Beek, welcome. And Perry, you've got two minutes of glory. What's your prediction for our listeners around the world? Well, first of all, thanks, Bonnie. Thanks for having me on the show again, and it's, it's always an honor, and it's a pleasure. And it's, it's a real honor to kick off the, the show today. So uh, so <laughs> here are my predictions, really. It's, it, it's, it's, like it's like I said last year, you know, they asked me last year, and this year again, it's even more so. Um, the, the biggest prediction for 2019, and you see it happening all around you, you people are sick and tired of being sort of like fodder or cannon fodder for for the big marketeers, Uh, and they want more personalization, they want to be treated as a person not as a number Um, so so that's what I'm seeing an increased personalization and you see it it on on all the platforms you you see more personal uh, ways of engagement, so uh, the eph- what do you call it, ephemeral, um, ephemeral content, you know, um, mm-hmm. like Instagram stories, uh, WhatsApp stories. You see them all around. And it's, uh, if, in fact, last year, uh, Instagram stories grew 15 times faster 
than feed-based stories. So it's, it's, it's incredible. And it makes sense, you know, because um, if I see a story, you know, that's not made up by somebody, uh, some marketing department. And it's, it's just somebody who just sat there, put on the, he switched on his video, or he uploaded a quick, quick image, and, and it's just there. It's raw, it's pure, it's, 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 it's unfiltered, it's unpolished. So it's, it's, really, it's, 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 it's really much more personal. You see a lot of growth in that. And, um, and, and the reason why it's, it's, also, it's, it's growing so fast, I think, um, is because it comes more natural you know, to, to young people, like, uh, like the millennials, etc. And, and, you mm-hmm. know, and millennials are increasingly being you know, the, the decision makers right now. You know, nearly half of all the decision makers are already millennials. So, so, so yes, so it, so, so, and they want more personalization. And I agree with them. So... Now, what I'm also seeing is, is increased one-on-one interaction. I see, uh, I see it on LinkedIn. Um, I see on, on all, all kinds of other platforms as well. If I see on LinkedIn, for example, if I did one-on-one interaction for my clients or with my clients, to, for lead generation with, with my clients, um, the success with one-on-one was so much more powerful than, than just by, by putting out posts. So, so one-on-one is so much more powerful because people feel treated as though they're themselves. And it's not just on LinkedIn, you know, it's also WhatsApp. I mean, I send messages to, to, to my clients using LinkedIn. I uh, do it with email, of course, uh, WhatsApp, texting, and of course, calling, you know, so, so that works too. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't forget calling. Now, one other thing is, is what, what you're seeing is about, about LinkedIn, because of course, LinkedIn is one of my specialists, uh, LinkedIn groups. Now, LinkedIn groups <laughs> supposedly was revamped last year. Well, what LinkedIn actually did, they they... They really, they, it was already on life support and they, they took it off life hmm. support. It's, it's, it's nearly dead now. <laughs> and, um, I don't know why they did that, but I'm seeing, um, see what you're seeing, for example, on Facebook. Facebook groups has, is, has grown by 40% last year. 40%. I mean, 1.4 people, 1.4 billion people are using Facebook groups every month now. It's, it's incredible. So, so it's really, it's, it's out there. It's big. Um, and I'm, see, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that LinkedIn will, will come back big with LinkedIn groups, uh, but they will change the name. Uh, it'll be LinkedIn Communities, uh, mm-hmm. something like that. that. That'll probably be the new name, LinkedIn Communities or something like that. And it will be much more engagement within those groups. Um, so the, so that's, that's one of the most. And one final one, and I think that's, the be- that's probably the biggest one from me, is um, B2B micro-influencers. This is your year. This is this is your year. Um, you know, you've been always you've been amazed and, and sort of dazzled by all these big influencers. You know, who are just ruling the markets. I mean, they're and they are phenomenal. There are some really fantastic ones out there, and and I mean, I absorb all their content as well, and I love them as well. But now this is the year for you. You know, with with uh, you can you can build your own empire now quite easily. You know, and you don't need need a hundred or a million followers. 10,000, but 10,000 people that really engage with you, that love you, that, 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 that thrive with you, grow with you. you know? And the way to do that, educational content marketing. That's the, the term for 2019, educational content marketing. Perry, I love the energy that you just kicked off the show with this boom. I love it. (laughs) And you know something? This is unusual. Uh, We haven't had this type of predictions on the previous three episodes of our special. So thank you very much. Let me move on quickly to Tiago Bala at Deloitte. Tiago, you're up. Let's have your two minutes of predictions, please. All right. Thank you, Bonnie, for having the show. It's a great opportunity for everyone to be part of this. My pleasure. Um, In my view... 
the future of business reporting is going to change tremendously in 2019. I'm going to start with a small example, right? Every mm-hmm. company, we all know that they have some, always they do some reporting. Uh, it depends on the company. It might be a dedicated team or you have a report writers as part of the small business functions. But end of the day, what they normally do is the leadership team will come back and say, hey, these are the KPIs I want to see. And from a various levels, it could be from a C executive to a mid-level manager or a senior level consultant or a resource. But the same information has been pumped out to the recipients over and over, maybe on a daily basis, weekly or a monthly. When I say it, it could be any type of report. It could be a spreadsheet, chart, or you know, mostly PowerPoint these days, any type of report. Whoever gets the report don't even know what is out there actually right now. As Henry Ford said, if you always do what you always done, you always get what you always got. So it's very true for reporting. So there's going to be a huge shift in how reports are being created in the future in 2019. It's humans are going to be more of insight generators, but not just a report builders. You're going to see more intelligent, interactive and real-time reports. As we move into 2019, robotic process automation or RPA and artificial intelligence is going to gain a large foothold on reporting. I'm not going to talk about real-time because I think everyone knows about real-time these days. Five years ago, it was luxury, but now it's uh, mandatory. Everyone is all instance, right? So artificial intelligence is the form of machine learning with the, along with the cognitive computing, how we get those things, right? As you can see, we, have, we use like Alexa and Google Assistant. As a normal customer, the norm of getting information has changed. So in the corporate world, it's going to be even bigger. So instead of saying, what is my top 10 customers, it's going to change into what's my product and service my company should focus on. The mission will give you the answers for you. Mission will give you the insights, what you should do, rather than giving you static information. That's where the artificial intelligence along with that one is coming. The next one is reporting going to be interactive. There's no more going to be a static data. If anyone wants information, you're going to say, what is my skew performance in China? Or maybe what is my leading product or what is my lagging product? The C executives can literally drag into a, dig into a couple of clicks. That's how you're going to see. You're going to see more of interactive chatbots helping the business. So RPA along with intelligence, cognitive computing, these are the three things going to be a new future for 2019. It's going to change how we operate and how the, the business is doing a digital, going into a digital transform world. So that's my prediction, Bonnie. I think I'm a little over two minutes, sorry. That's okay. I love it. Thank you. Nicholas Whittle, you are up next. I've got exactly two minutes for you. Go, Nicholas. Thank you, Bonnie, and Happy New Year to you and your listeners. Thank you. Uh, So my prediction is the race to watch in 2019 is between education and technology. We talk a lot about the tech trends, but I think we don't talk enough about the learning curve that people are going to have to go through to effectively use the technology going forward. Let me contextualize this quickly. If skill building doesn't catch up with the rate of technological progress, we estimate that the G20 economies could lose up to $11.5 trillion in cumulative GDP growth in the next 10 years. So I think we're going to see a major shift in organizations from institutions to individuals. What do I mean by that? 
I think we probably all intuitively understand that an organization needs this broad base of skills in order to compete and succeed in the world in which we live. I think what we're going to start seeing more in 2019 and going forward is a focus on the individual and broadening the skill set, not just across the workforce, but within the worker. And I think the workforce is ready for this shift. Um, workers are asking and recognizing their own need to lean into this, uh, th- this learning trend. But I think what we're going to have to see in 2019, and my prediction is that leaders are going to start to understand the role they need to play in setting the stage for a more inclusive learning environment within their organizations. As we sort of surveyed across multiple organizations, you know, 67% of workers say they understand the need to build their own skills, yet only 3% of employers believe that they're going to fundamentally change the budgeting associated with learning in, the 20, in 2019. So I think we're going to see that shift um, start to occur and leaders really lean in to understand the role they need to play to free up capacity and budget to really equip their workers for the future of work and the technology advancements that are occurring. Thank you very much, Nicholas. What profound predictions, and I have something profound I need to ask the three of you really fast. In just two or three words, what was your favorite holiday beverage? Perry Van Beek, go. Oh, that's easy. I mean, I, my, my, my sister and my brother-in-law, they brought me back some champagne from the, the, the champagne area in France. And of course, how could I refuse? How you know, lovely. That was, that was my drink. How lovely. Tiago Bala, what was in your cup over the holidays? Um, I had an Iranian tea from Iran, so it was really, really awesome. Oh, sounds wonderful. Nicholas Whittle, what were you drinking? I visited my sister and brother-in-law with my family in Brisbane, Australia, and there is something good about Australian coffee. Ooh, that was a new one. Well, we'll have to have you back on the show in 2019, and you'll tell us more. I want to thank the three of you, Perry Van Beek, Tiago Bala, Nicholas Whittall, for launching our prediction special part four here on January 9, 2019. We're going to say goodbye to them. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to open the line for our next four panelists. Can't wait to see who's coming up next. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Oh, you already know the drill. Aaron, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com business news and discussions are always changing in order to stay ahead of the game sometimes you need to be a follower you can follow the voice america business channel on twitter at voice am business again that's at voice am business and stay current we're making it easier to listen to the voice america talk radio network wherever you go In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand, all from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. 
download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are. We're doing our prediction special part four. We've got two of our four panelists on. We're going to do a shout-out in a minute and see if we've got the others. Tina Rosario, are you with us today? Do we have you on the conference line? And Yusuf Jazakala, do we have either one of you? Okay, not yet. They'll be calling in. So let me tell you who we do have here. We have Andy Steer. Let me tell you what he does as the UK CTO for Global Top Tier SAP Partner Intelligence. That's his company. Andy Spear, Steer, S-T-E-E-R, spends most of his time with three communities, organizations seeking business improvement through innovative applications of technology, the worldwide team at Intelligence, and of course SAP. And next up, we're going to be speaking with Sana Salam, who I had the great pleasure of meeting at Sapphire in 2017 in Orlando. She is the founder of Sodalis Solutions, I'll spell that S-O-D-A-L-E-S, an award-winning SAP Cloud Platform Solution extension partner in her free time, and I don't know how she has any, she makes selfie videos for her YouTube channel to share cloud extensibility (laughs) best practices. So welcome to the two of you, and Andy, let's start with you. What are your predictions for 2019, please? Hey, Bonnie. Well, I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I've got three that I think are connected to each other. Uh, my first one is something which kind of crept up on me, and I noticed it in my own house at home, which is the, the proliferation of, uh, of voice interfaces, those, uh, those devices we can get from, from Google and from Amazon, etc. cetera. Um, I've got quite a lot of them in my house, and what I've noticed is uh, I'm the only real techie, really. There's my kids and my wife. And, you know, they use voice now all of the time to interact with those devices at home, whether it's setting timers, setting reminders, doing the shopping list, whether it's asking for facts and details to help with homework, or whether it's controlling the lights in the house and the, the TV stations. They love doing it through voice. So I think what we're going to see this year is we're going to see a lot of that demand for those types of services coming into the enterprise space. And I know a lot of the vendors, SAP included, are working in those areas. But I think this is a year where we're going to start to see people bring those demands in from the home into their work environments. So I think that's that's number one. I think the rise of the voice interface within the enterprise environment. Uh, the, the second one, which I think leads off from that a little bit, is I think we're all going to start paying again more attention to the balance between data privacy and personalization and the trade-offs that happen within there. It's something that uh, I think I spoke to you late last year on an analytics Mm -hmm. piece, and we were talking about the use of data. I think that everybody's beginning now to become much more aware of data privacy because of the various articles that have been in the news worldwide. But I think what we're seeing is a more acute understanding of the trade-off between data privacy and personalization because we all want this hyper personal service we want things that are tailored just for us well guess what it's impossible Mm -hmm. to do that unless we give up data 
So I think I think that conversation and that dialogue and uh, companies that are trying to not necessarily have the answer to that problem, but openly engage in that dialogue, I think we're going to see a lot of movement there. Uh, and that leads me to my third prediction, which is I think there will be companies that will continue to get that wrong. And I think that's going to lead to a bit of a a bit of a burnout with technology, a bit of a backlash, a little bit more cynicism. I think we're mm. starting to see that creeping in around some of the results with some of the big tech firms. So Apple, for example, with iPhone sales slowing down. Mm-hmm. I think we're seeing people resisting some of this stuff and maybe not embracing as openly as they would have done in the past. Um, you know, there's a lot of news stories in the UK around potential manipulation of people through social media. And I think that that conversation is just going to get louder and louder as we go through this year. And I think that's all feeding into this underlying issue of data, personalization, new interfaces. I think it's all, all, all bound up together. But those are my those are my three predictions. Okay, thank you very much. I understand we have Tina, but before we do that, Sana Salam, I've already introduced you. So, Sana, Happy New Year. Welcome, and please tell us what your predictions are. Very good. Hi, Bonnie. Happy New Year. Thank Hello, you. Um, my predictions start with something that I read in a book uh, called Think and Grow Rich. It's actually a mm-hmm. 30, 40, 50 years old book. Yes. And it said, um, it's by Napoleon Hill, a philosopher, and said that, Every person is the most important human being in their own life. And I think that's something that companies have really started to focus on um, in terms of how they attract their uh, consumer behavior, um, their own employees, their brand awareness. All of that is going to be very, very super personalized. And I think that's what's um, going to be driven, uh, driving a lot of the adoption for blockchain, AI, digital twin, and all those other um, fancy technology trends such as augmented analytics and things like that. But it's all going to be driven through the individual personalized behaviors of the people so that we, we can make them feel important and tailor towards them. And I think that would really reshape how companies would market their products, how they would gain market share and retain their customers. Um, and, of course, a big one would be another uh, big one would be how they would allocate their budgets and how they, you know, their even own organizational hierarchy works would also be driven from those behaviors. So personalized behavior would be a very big one um, in all sectors, and I think that would then drive the need, the second prediction is that that would drive the need for every company to own some sort of software or technology arm um, to use as a competitive edge, whether they are in banking industry, healthcare, entertainment, any type of other industry. So I'll give you a very quick example. Um, Mm -hmm. I personally spent more than $10,000 on personal training because I was trying to lose weight last year, and I did lose (laughs) about 30 pounds. However, I know now there are treadmills and machines out there that you can order at your home, and they give you a machine learning-based, AI-based trainer inside that machine that can learn your behavior and make a fitness program for you that you can use, just like you would have a trainer in the gym. So I think those kind of things are really going to change this year for people um, in their day-to-day life. So those are my big predictions for 2019. 
Thank you very much. AI-based trainers within a machine. I mean, I don't have to go to the gym either. This is breaking news. I have to talk to you about that. Thank you. I feel healthier already by, you know, by vicariously. Thank you very much. And we do have Tina Rosario. She is the head of data transformation, the chief data officer for SAP EMEA. She's responsible for helping EMEA-based businesses drive data innovation. Tina, we're thrilled to have you. Happy New Year. Glad you could join us. And Tina, you're up. Two minutes. What are your predictions for 2019? Thanks, Bonnie. Yes, I, I think the theme for today is data. I really believe that in 2019, data will be a huge differentiator. Companies who use data for good, companies who provide a rich experience while respectfully treating data ethically with governance, guidelines, and accountability – those are the companies that are going to win this year. And people are becoming more attuned to protecting their data. And they're going to support businesses who abide by the rules. And those companies that don't shy away from regulatory attention but embrace it. And I expect more data regulations to come this year. And transparency is a big theme in terms of uh, providing people with a view to the company's data policies. And trust is a huge factor with acceleration of technologies like artificial intelligence and the influx of data that AI needs, trust and privacy and transparency are super important for acquiring and retaining customers. And customers expect a positive experience or they'll take their business elsewhere. And they want companies to treat themselves, as we all do, treat us ethically. And so all companies now really need to pay attention to data. And those who aren't building data management capabilities so you say we're saying companies need to be paying attention to data. Yeah, absolutely, because if they don't, then they're going to run the risk of uh, not just uh, not abiding by the regulations, but customer attrition, uh, because companies are going to take their business, uh, customers are going to take their business to where companies are going to be treating them with ethics and fairness and transparency. Thank you very much, Tina. Great. And I'll do one more shout-out for Yusuf Jazakala at Recruitment Smart Technologies. Yusuf, are you on the line with us? We don't have Yusuf. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a couple of extra seconds here. I'm going to go back around the table, and let's start with Andy Steer. Andy, what was your pleasure in your cup or your glass or your goblet or your flute? If you don't play the flute, the flute glass, please, over the holidays. What was your favorite? <laughs> favorite? favorite? I, I used to play the flute in the high school band, so I'm, I'm waxing uh, n- nostalgic here. Andy, what were you drinking over the holidays that made you happy? Oh, oh dear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I've spoken to you before, it's always been a, it's been always been a good old English cup of tea. But actually, over the holidays, um, let me think. Probably a good, uh, probably good New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. There you go, a nice, nice cold glass of white wine. That sounds lovely. And Sana Salam, what were you doing over the holidays, beverage-wise? What made you happy? Well, I'll tell you, I tried this uh, fresh ginger and mint tea that I would make at home um, with fresh leaves, and I was having that the entire day, and it was something that didn't make me feel guilty after having all those fancy meals, and also it made my skin look glowing and beautiful, so I was super happy with the results. <laughs> very, very good. And let's go to Tina. Tina, what did I know you're in Paris today. Ooh la la. What were you drinking yeah. over the holidays, Tina? Well, champagne, of course, right? Of course. So Maybe I'll do it. Pourquoi? In celebration of the new year. But now I'm on a crazy juice 
uh, cleanse fast for the next week or so. So talk to me later, and I'll, I'll tell you how that goes. So it's a little bit of a challenge right now. Oh, that's funny, Tina. Thank you so much. I want to thank the three of you so much. Sorry we didn't get Yusuf on the line. We we are going to take another quick break, and we're going to find out who's on the line. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial, whatever it is. And by the way, my beverage was eggnog light, L-I-G-H-T, made by Harris Teeter or somebody under the banner of my local Harris Teeter supermarket. And uh, they reduced it from two to five, two for five dollars, two quarts to two for four. So I'm still buying it, but that has to stop soon. What can I tell you? So thank you and happy new year to our three panelists. We really appreciate you. And we're going to take a quick break and come right back with more thought leaders. So Aaron out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com business news and discussions are always changing in order to stay ahead of the game sometimes you need to be a follower you can follow the voice america business channel on twitter at voice am business again that's at voice am business and stay current we're making it easier to listen to the voice america talk radio network wherever you go In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand, all from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, and here we're back, and we have a packed panel, so let's quickly tell you who is on the line, then we'll find out their predictions. Frank Diana, Managing Partner, Futurist at TCS, recognized futurist, thought leader, and frequent keynote speaker, and regular guest on Game Changers Radio throughout the year. Welcome, Frank. Casey Ryan, Partner Service Advisor with SAP's Partner Service Delivery Team, and I happen to know Casey has his own long-running pop culture talk radio show, and he and I are swapping guest introductions and references, referrals on our personal radio shows. Casey, welcome. Mick Adams started Vanguard Leadership to help organizations implement social media. His blogs have been published in CXO Magazine, HR Magazine, and Social Media Today, among other publications. And Mashoud Alam is with us, Senior Director of Innovation and Digital Transformation at SAP Labs in Palo Alto. He holds six U.S. patents and has won two prestigious design awards, including the Red Dot Award. And his book is Transforming and Leading into a Business with Design 
design thinking. I think I got that right. Frank, Diana, you're up first. Welcome. Happy New Year. And let's hit it. Frank, what do you predict? Well, Happy New Year. Uh, thank you. So, uh, as a futurist, um, I'm focused this year on some macro-level forces that set a foundation for what's going to come. And so there's three big ones. The first is, is convergence. If we think back 100-plus years ago, a number of things came together to create a just astounding series of events. And I truly believe that in 2019, we're going to see more and more convergence across domains like the sciences, technology, society in general, politics, the environment, the economy, ethics, and a whole number of, of things that really come together in ways that we haven't seen since that, that period back, back then. And every time that's happened, the world is experiencing some significant change. And so I expect this sort of be the year that launches us into a period of significant change. And that's going to require some unlearning uh, on the part of all of us. The second one is uh, increased acceleration. So a number of things are going to occur, like the increasing virtuous cycles, the driverless car, electric vehicle, and car sharing services coming together to accelerate each of those things, for example. And the building blocks are going to mature as AI, for example, matures and through that maturation starts to drive acceleration across a number of different uh, areas that we're going to track in the year. And then lastly, techno-philanthropists, the, the wealthy individuals that are starting to spend their wealth on advancing scenarios like uh, energy and renewables, et cetera, et cetera. And the, the last one, and the little significant one, is uh, I love the term bursts of possibilities. I think you're going to see 2019 being a year of exploration and the surfacing of more and more possibilities, specifically in the area of healthcare, as uh, things like predictive medicine are already seeing advances where you can predict Alzheimer's six or seven years prior to it taking hold. And that's mm. really critical in terms of dealing with that uh, because uh, you can't deal with it once it's happened, right? So, so those are my three big ones for the year. Wow. And the one that really caught my eye, and we're going to have to talk about this, maybe do a show on a techno-philanthropist. We'll talk about that. Thank you, Frank. Casey, Ryan, you're up next. What are your two minutes of predictions, please? Well, thank you very much for having me back, Bonnie. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to take things in a slightly different direction. As you know, I'm a, a pop culture aficionado, and one of the things that I've been paying attention to this year is streaming uh, and how labels for storytelling are changing very, very quickly. This isn't a new argument. It happened when TVs became commonplace in, in homes, uh, and now you're seeing the next step in the evolution of storytelling with streaming. Uh, I think that theaters are always going to draw big numbers for big-budget special effects-laden films, but smaller films uh, that are either dramas or comedy pieces or international films are going to get bigger audiences through streaming services. And you're seeing the numbers Mm. uh, lately. There was a good example of this just over the holidays with a film called Bird Box um, that got 45 million Netflix accounts that consumed it within the first seven days. Wow. Um, now, assuming that you know more than one person sat around the room watching the thing at the time, and they only <laughs> counted uh, the accounts that consume more than seventy percent of the movie or watch more than seventy percent of it. That's a lot. That's a huge audience. Uh, there's also another example of Roma, which is a critical darling this year uh, by Alfonso Cuarón, who uh, also did Gravity and a bunch of other big pictures uh, that had a combined theatrical release and Netflix release. So people are seeing that bigger audiences are available. Uh, and I think that the way that, that awards are handed out and the way that people consume it needs to be reclassified to some extent. Wow, that was exciting, Casey. Thank you. I should have known with your interest in pop culture that would be your prediction. Awards need to be, what would you say, reconfigured or rethought, rethought out? 
reclassified and redefined in terms of what becomes eligible for, for awards and uh, really how filmmakers market the distribution of their films, you know, trying to get the biggest uh, return on investment for the effort that they're making and, and reach the largest audiences. Thank you very much. That was certainly very, very different. Appreciate that. Mick Adam at Vanguard Leadership. You're up, Mick. What are your predictions, please? Hello from Bruges, Belgium, and hello, Bunny. Thanks hello. for having me back on the show again. Pleasure. Um, I just love Barry's predictions at the beginning of the show. Uh, and mine are pretty much going to be in the same line because since I'm in the line of business of sales and, and trying to help companies with their uh, sales strategies and, and social media, uh, I think what I've seen over the last couple of months, even last year, is that a lot of companies have been very disappointed in the results they have been getting through uh, social selling. And, and if you, I compare this to the Gartner hype cycle, uh, whereby mm-hmm. at this point I would classify social selling as being the, uh, in the trot of delusionment or disillusion, uh, if I can put it that way. And what I'm going to predict is that over the next let's say nine months to two years, it will slowly crawl out of that disappointment, disillusion, and it's going to go beyond uh, what traditionally a lot of people think about is it's going to be away from LinkedIn. It's going to be a whole lot wider than just LinkedIn, which is what a lot of people classify it as. Now, as a, as a result of that, I am seeing a second uh, trend slash prediction, and I would love to call it the war between artificial intelligence slash automation and humanization slash personalization. Uh, we all want to be treated as a person, uh, yet on the other hand, uh, we are more and more subject uh, to uh, AI, robots, and whatever, which we don't really like. And what I think that is 2019, there's going to be a I'll call it a war for between those two types of technologies, is how can we make artificial intelligence and automation believable and still make it human and personalized. So that's going to be my second trend for uh, 2019. And the last one has to do with uh, the fact that in 2019 we'll be unmasking the um, poor quality of marketeers creating content and uh, creating and curating content. I think a lot of marketeers will have it very tough in the market because Mm. they are probably not as good in content creation and curation as they think they really are, and they will be struggling uh, for uh, new jobs and and new heights or new skills that they have to uh, get. Those are basically my three predictions for the year. Wow, those were pretty uh, heavy-hitting there. That's a good group here. Let's move on to Mashoud Alam. You're our fourth one in this segment. Go ahead, Mashoud. Hey, Bonnie. Thanks for inviting me again. So anything about future, uh, anything about future is speculative in nature. So with that caveat, my predictions <laughs> about AI developments in 2019 can be categorized in two segments. The first segment is the visible segment where the consumers can actually see the impact. And the second one is under the hood or not so visible. So in the first segment, in which the visible category, we are likely to see availability of a lot of conversational experiences by various enterprises enabled for their consumers, not just on their websites, 
but through the channels on which consumers are most using those, for such as Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, um, Skype, and any other social media channel through which enterprises can reach out to their customers. So they will be enabling these self-services for their consumers to find answers to common questions such as order status, uh, uh, help on specific issues, etc. The second segment, which is not so visible segments, there are three main developments that I foresee happening in this year. Um, we'll see acceleration in enterprise use of AI in deriving economic value from existing data in their enterprise systems. These could be operational in nature, these could be um, in uh, supply chain, uh, this could be in finance, and this could be another line of businesses. Secondly, we'll start seeing linkages between operational data and experience data, an application of AI in finding actionable insights for enterprises to provide better products and services for enterprises. When I say experience data, this is essentially how consumers interact with the various touch points inside the organizations. And operational data is anything which is in the back end uh, is, uh, in their uh, enterprise systems. And finally, we will see automation capabilities emerge in platforms which will attempt at streamlining the process of taking advantage of insights from data using AI. Currently, the projects that we are involved in take many, many months, and even in some cases, it's like six to nine months as well. And that requires major involvement from data scientists, which are few and far between and pretty expensive as well. So these automation capabilities will try to reduce the dependence on data scientists who are right now primarily involved in data cleansing and very grunt work and not really the value added what they're used for. So these automation capabilities will enable enterprises uh, to uh, streamline the process of AI projects. So these are um, the two categories. Just to summarize, first is the visible, and the second segment is the invisible under the hood, where enterprises will take a lot of advantage. Well, thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Wow, all four of you. So let's quickly go around the table. We've actually got two minutes left to this segment. You all really rocked it. Frank, Diana, what was in your cup over the holidays that really made you smile and feel good? <laughs> of course, red wine always does that for me, but in addition... Uh, I actually tried some limoncello, which I found uh, ah. interesting, but actually very good. Okay, thank you very much. Casey Ryan, what were you drinking? I've been making a few extra stops at Starbucks for eggnog lattes. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, 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 I love those this time of year. I wonder if the eggnog uh, lattes are going to go the way of pumpkin spice, which seems to disappear after Thanksgiving, and we have to wait for another cycle next year. I'm, I'm hoping Harris Teeter stops carrying the quart size of eggnog because I really need to get off of it. It's become quite a, uh, quite a bad habit. Thank you very much. Mick Adam, what were you drinking over the holiday? Well, Bonnie, it won't be a surprise that it was a hot chocolate with Belgian dark chocolate with a, a, a touch of rum and a bunch of whipped cream, of course. Oh, I think the show just stopped. I'm, I'm dreaming of what you were <laughs> drinking. Thank you very much. Don't do that to me. Thank you, Michoud Alam. What were you drinking over the holiday? Well, we did a long road trip over the holidays where we touched uh, and explored four national parks. So during that, our favorite drinks were hot cocoa, uh, and hot coffee and hot bowl of soup. So these are the three. Oh, sounds wonderful. Thank you very much. I want to thank Frank, Diana, Casey, Ryan, Mick, Adam, and Mashud Alam for joining me. We're going to go to a quick break. I know we have three more people waiting on the line, so I'll tell you who they are in just a minute. Don't even think of, oh, you know the drill. We'll be right back. Aaron out. 
when it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are, the final home run coming into home base with our prediction special part four. Let me tell you who's on with me. Privileged to have Sabrina Sigourney, founder and CEO of Blue Marble Consulting, a boutique value-added reseller of SAP products. She has delivered over 250 days of training as an SAP substitute instructor in intensive boot camps. There you go. Nicole Sahin is with us. She is the CEO of Globalization Partners, currently ranked as the fastest growing women-led private company in America. Very interesting. And she helps companies expand into more than 150 foreign markets without having to set up a subsidiary. Important work. Jesse Sandberg is with us. He is a shared services fellow with the IBM Center for the Business of Government. He had more than 25 years with New York's Metropolitan Transit Authority. That's the beloved MTA where he was director of shared services initiatives. Thank you very much. Sabrina Sigourney, I've got two minutes with your name on them. Give me your predictions, please. Absolutely. Happy New Year, Bonnie and everyone. Thank 2019 you. is going to be all about us having our very first collaborative, predictive customer experience. So right now, or last year, you know, it was still common at the checkout counter at, at our favorite brick and mortar stores to be asked, you know, reactively and too late when we're checking out, you know, what's your email address, right? That's just too little, too late, too obsolete. More digitally and tech savvy retailers will be you know, opening up brick and mortars and pop-ups and being able to predict uh, what we want and, and know our, our movement in advance. So, for example, let's say I bought a pair of oh, purple patent loafer penny loafers and mm-hmm. I returned them. But I'm traveling for business through Minneapolis Airport and this retailer maybe has a pop-up shop and they've earned my trust and I will allow this retailer to collaborate with my Delta Airlines application, and boom, they know I've landed in the airport, and they know I'm walking past their pop-up. So they send a message saying that they have, you know, new suede penny loafers for me to try on, and they'll be at the podium in the front of the store. So I can scan my phone, open the case, try them on. So think Amazon Go type of experience, but more predictive and collaborative in the field. So last year we saw major closures of the old school sleepy brick and mortar stores for failing to adapt and change, mostly lack of technology investment. 
you know, now the challenge is going to be retailers scrambling to digest, invest, and adapt all this great technology that we've all been predicting and talking about. So, again, this year I believe we're going to have collaborative, predictive customer experiences. It's only the beginning, and it's going to be great. Thank you. Very exciting. And we talked a minute ago, somebody else mentioned the trade-off between personalization and privacy. That's a whole topic for a radio show, Sabrina. <laughs> now let's move on to Nicole. Say, hey, Nicole, I've got two minutes with your name on them. Go fast. We're in a hurry. Go ahead. Wonderful. Well, it's so nice to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Pleasure. Um, so my, my first prediction for 2019 is that first, labor is rising and labor is going to continue to remain very strong. The U.S. has traditionally been super business-friendly, but what we're seeing now is that employee and employee relations are becoming so much more predominant and that the employees are weighing in with a bigger voice. Where we're seeing that is in California, they have a proposed paid family leave of up to uh, six months for either gender when people leave the workforce to have a child, six months leave. That would be a fundamental shift in, in, in California, which is one of the biggest economies in the world. But if you're going to offer that type of benefit to your employees in California, typically companies end up offering it throughout the United States or throughout the country. Mm-hmm. So that could really change the dynamics of people leaving uh, to have children. Non-compete laws are coming up or have just been passed in Massachusetts where companies can't give very strict non-compete legislation anymore. Um, they're making it very painful to give employees non-compete agreements and much less enforce them. And we've also seen that in California previously. So basically, the employment rate, is, the unemployment rate is really low right now. And so employees have the upper hand and are getting great raises. Things are becoming better for the workforce. So that's great news for all of us. Um, the second thing and related to that, my second predic- prediction is globalization 4.0 which is the concept of companies hiring talent everywhere they can find it. They've already been doing this to date, but it's, it's accelerating at a much more rapid pace. So if somebody can find great talent or a great software developer in Mexico City, they want to hire that person. They don't care if that person's in the U.S. or not. And they've done this previously, but it's accelerating now. And I think that it will continue to be a gradual trend. It won't happen overnight. But it certainly is accelerating now. So our clients hire people everywhere they go, everywhere they can find them, um, regardless of jurisdiction. So it's almost like those international boundaries are going away with telecommunications uh, accelerating. My third prediction is diversity. So it's everywhere right now. We just saw this last uh, Congress sworn in, and people of many more colors than we've historically seen, Mm -hmm. many more women than we've historically seen, We're also seeing um, California mandate that there's more women on boards, that public companies have more women on boards, and various European countries have established that same type of legislation as well. So there's a quota system in place mandating diversity. So everyone's focused on it. Um, A lot of HR organizations are focused on it within big companies, and we're just seeing that across the board. Thank you, Nicole. To see more, it's really exciting. It is very exciting. Thank you so much. Jesse Sandberg, you're up next. Go ahead. Thank you, Bonnie. Look, I agree with all of the above, but let me talk about the macro impact of everything that's been said. I'm a city guy. I worked for transit in New York City for 30 years. 20 years ago, pundits predicted the demise of the city as tech allowed workers to live anywhere. So they could live and work at home. 
So the end of sort of office life in, in the big cities. What happened is exactly the opposite. As the gig economy took off, those home workers began to congregate together and find a common culture in cities with the WeWorks of the world. Mm-hmm. And now in 2019, Amazon and Google are following those young people. So both of those, those Amazon is moving 25,000 people to New York City and to D.C. Google is just opening an office for 5,000 more people in the city. The incremental cost uh, for, for Amazon is roughly $5 billion a year to move to those locations instead of someplace more rural. So this is accelerating the greatest demographic shift in world history with tremendous disruption to cities and to rural areas. And finally, I'd say in 2019, tech is going to gear up to make cities more livable and rational. You have startups like Sidewalk Labs focused on making cities run better and faster using AI, cognitive automation, and other methodologies. Thank you very much, Jesse. Really appreciate that. We do have a fourth person in our segment. We've been waiting patiently for Yusuf Jazakala, founder and director of Recruitment Smart Technologies. Yusuf, I only have 60 seconds, but we'd love to hear your prediction. Go. Thank you very much, uh, Bonnie, for having me. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody from London. Uh, My 60-second prediction window is uh, the future of works and jobs is going to change completely. And what I mean by that is, in terms of the future of work, uh, the kind of work that people do is going to change. Uh, So robots are fantastic at doing jobs uh, and automating that. And people are really good at doing interesting and creative jobs. Uh, so that shift, uh, you know, is, is going to happen where all the all the median jobs are basically going to go away. Uh, and in terms of the future of jobs, I think um, em- the employee-employer relationship is going to transform completely. Uh, and what I mean by that is uh, you will no longer have companies hiring people. Uh, in fact, you know, any any group of people uh, in, in the world can actually come together and, and, and do a specific cause you know, based on their skill set. Uh, they don't have to form a company to actually do something. So that that's something that we will try and, you know, we'll see happening uh, in, the, in the near future, uh, which is automation of, of the workforce, pretty much. Thank you very much. I have to cut this off. We are out of time. I'm so pleased to have had, my goodness, when we see 44412, we had 15 guests today. Yusuf, so glad you could join us. Sabrina Sigourney, Nicole Sahin, Jesse Sandberg, Yusuf, each one word, what did you drink over the holidays? Sabrina, now, quick. Vodka. Nicole. Coffee. Jesse. <laughs> I'm drinking Taylor Straight Rye. Thank you, dear. Yusuf, what were you drinking over the holidays? I was in Dubai, so I, I was drinking uh, Camel Milk Cappuccino. Thank you very much. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'm so honored that we had 15 people show up for our predictions party. This is called Predictions on Steroids, part four. We have two more parts coming up a week from today. That will be the uh, 16th of January, and then we finish up on the 23rd. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. So pleased to be back. Hope everybody had a great holiday, and I'm just going to do a thank you and shout out to our very brave engineer, Aaron Keller, for always keeping my guests coming on that line. Here's my shout out to all of you. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? It is a new year. Go out and be a game changer today. Talk to you tomorrow. We have a new episode of Consumer Industries, 10 a.m. Eastern. Bye-bye. 
Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. Have a great week.